شما در قالب گوش دادن به The Top Dollar Hour with Tony Jones هستید لطفا دو ساعت الهام بخش را تجربه کنید پیام ها، گواهی و اعتراف ها و حالا فروتن شما اینجاست اما راهنمای باشفوه به زندگی جادوی جدید شما تونی جانس Welcome, welcome to the Top Dollar Hour. This week is part two of the adventures of Marcus Little, Tall Tales and Small Rewards. It's written and directed by Austin Rich. It's a supernatural radio noir. And part one aired last week. Uh, if you'd like to hear last week's episode or know more about Uh, the Adventures of Marcus Little. Go to MarcusLittleAdventures.com And uh, I had uh, one gentleman say that uh, he couldn't wait for this week's episode, part two. And next week we're going to have music. We're going to come back to music, 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 music. Now, without further ado, part two, The Adventures of Marcus Little, Tall Tales and Small Rewards. Not in words with This is ABS, the American Broadcasting System. It is 10.59 Standard Time. And now, let's return to Matthew Little's detective agency here on ABS, the American Broadcasting System. Sometimes working on a case reveals so much about you that you don't mind the beating you get in return for the enlightenment. But when you get hip to the fact that you've already died, the world truly reveals what is left for you to learn. From the twisted case files of A.C. Richards comes another tale of the small man with the big caseload. It's the adventures of Marcus Little. With Nate Kelly as Marcus Little and Jessica Norman as his secretary, Cindy. What happened was this. I'd gone so far down the tunnel ride that I couldn't pull out, and I'd actually wound up in the big sleep, without even noticing the oncoming train that wasn't part of the plan. This wasn't the first time taking a dirt nap, but when it happened before, my body was fine, but before I could really question it, I had managed to sleep off the problem. But now that the light from the oncoming iron horse was shining on my own storage compartment here in the morgue, it became clear that someone had pulled a lever somewhere and we were on a whole other set of tracks. If I was going to sort this one out, I was going to need to reverse engines and fast. I completely agree. Somewhere along this rocky mountain path, I'd picked up a wrong clue, and I was now so far into the woods that I might never come back, even if I do manage to sort it out. Itty had made a suggestion that made too much sense not to follow, Considering the damage done, we would need a healthy dose of luck to navigate these tracks back to the source. And suddenly the night got much, much darker. Maybe not on purpose, but yes, we should be cautious. Somewhere along the way, someone had sent me down another track that I was never meant to be on. But where? And probably the more important question, why? Clearly someone wanted me dead, 
and while this might well be my last case, it was worth tracking down who that someone was for my own sense of closure. I just hope things go a little more smoothly than last time. There was always somewhere to go in Century City, no matter what time of day it is. Places like the Blue Parrot were certainly shut down at this time of night, but there was the late shift crews working cleanup, and I figured Ape might still be able to help me out, given our professional courtesies. Call that a clean kitchen? It's like this was your first day or something. That's no way to talk to the person who's gonna pay you at the end of the week. Now get to work. <laughs> huh? Oh, it's you again. Cool it, Itty. Look, twice in one night is very suspicious. Starts to make me think you're onto something that maybe might not be in my interest. Hmm. Something that could uh, get you into trouble. And the fact you keep coming to me makes me think I might get some of this trouble you're courting. See, I don't like trouble. You know Angel's policy on trouble. Hmm. Are you okay? You don't look so good. Mr. Jackson says that I'm fine. At least you finally cracked the code. What is it this time? I need to know where Betty wets her whistle after hours. Hmm. Haven't you caused enough trouble for one night? Hey, pal. I didn't even ask for this. If I'm on the level, I don't trust you either. And that doesn't mean you don't have something I need. Don't matter how bad you need it, bub, you can always have your greenback back, dig? Look, I don't have time for this. What does 40 get me? You really need the finder? It's a matter of continued death. I get it. After work, she usually turns down the office for a nightcap and goes to a little diner called Haps where she likes to read and sip tea before calling it a night. That's what I was thinking, Eddie. A little too convenient. It was starting to turn into one of those nights where everything unfolds again back over itself. But this time, all out of order like a bad dream reshuffling itself each time you endure it. I started to wonder how long I would last like this. I could clearly interact with the world, but being dead was only going to become a nuisance eventually, and I only hoped that, wherever the night led me, I didn't have to return to that dreadful hospital. Well, you can go back, just not me. Before I even had to try, I could see Betty stretched out in a booth all to herself sipping on something in a mug as she shoved her nose in a book of Argentinian short fiction. I asked Itty to keep it quiet and move towards her silently, and even managed to slip into her booth without being heard for a moment or two. I stared at her through the book she was reading, and eventually her eyes met mine over the <coughs> edge of the page. Excuse me, I'd like to be li- Oh, it's you again. Sorry to ruin your evening, such as it is. Don't you feel the least bit guilt over interrupting my story? It was just getting to the good part. It's not like I go nosing my way into your tale every time things get boring. Every part is good if it's written well. That's not the point. Can I get you more apple juice, ma'am? I'm actually having tea, thank you. And for you, sir? I'll try enthusiasm again and see where it gets me. Again? But you just... Never mind. Black coffee, thanks. Are you okay? You look terrible. I mean, not in a, I'm just saying kind of way either. You look really bad. Quickly? Why are you here? 
Didn't you go to the morgue? Why did you send me there? Well, didn't you feel compelled to, I don't know, move on or something? To where? Cleveland's not what it used to be, babe. No, I mean oblivion or whatever. Heaven. You you realize you're dead, right? What sort of game is this? I'm not blind. I saw the body. Okay, that's good, but nothing happened? And what was supposed to happen? (laughs) Quiet, Itty. Uh, we're out of chili, sir, but if you want to wait, the breakfast menu will be up in a few minutes. Maybe I can get you some coffee or something. That's fine. I wasn't really hungry anyway. And it looks like we're out of chamomile, ma'am. I'm actually already drinking some. Thanks. Let me get this straight. You don't want anything? Oh, but we do. But I'm just not sure if it matters anymore. That's it. I'm taking my break! You were saying? I don't know why you're still here. I usually don't see them again after I send them to the morgue. Why? What happens? And, and them? What do you mean, them? What happens? There must be an echo in here. You just don't get it yet, do you? You should have gone to the afterlife. All of them should. But for some reason, a lot of you just wind up in my club, watching me sing, wanting to talk to me, wanting to know what to do next. It's like you don't know what's happening and you need a guide or something. Tell me how this explains things to someone in my situation. When it first started happening, I didn't know what to say. All these dead people clogging up the building, getting in the way of the customers, trying to find some eternal rest. I just started sending them to the morgue. It was just a place to send them, you know? Pretty soon, the dead never came back. New ones would show up, but once I sent them to the morgue, they never returned. What's your connection to Mariner? Connection? The only reason I know what you're talking about is a story I read in the paper. Hospital, right? Closed down now, yes? Last time you said you came from there with a book of matches? That had your name on it. Look, Little, I do a lot of work. Singing, ghost herding, dancing, you name it. I have a stack of these matchbooks I hand out to clients and friends and... Well, you know. Chances are one of the gang members that was holed up at the hospital was watching me one night, chatting me up for some, uh, reason. Here's your black coffee. Your chamomile tea will be up shortly. Thank you. I thought you were on a break. Just be thankful I'm even still working here. Oh, so you do work here? Leave him alone, Betty. I'm starting to get the picture. Who had my body brought up to the morgue just after you sent me there? That's awfully convenient timing, don't you think? What's his name, Betty? I swear to you, I'm just a singer in a nightclub who likes hot beverages and magical realist short fiction between the dead people constantly interrupting me. I'm not some mastermind who is trying to ruin your day or even your night. I'm just someone who had to deliver some bad news you didn't want to hear and apparently still don't. I'm sorry you're dead, but you were dead long before you came into my nightclub, pal. Yeah, I get it, Itty. She's clean. Thanks again, Betty. If you don't wind up in the afterlife, come and see me sometime. I usually shake up the set once a month. Betty was clean. Her aura gave it away to Itty, but I could hear it in her voice, too. After years of doing this gig, you start to get good at a few things. She was right. I mistakenly found the matchbook and took it to be a clue. And it was, probably, but to a different case, and one that I would never need to solve. Betty only led me to where I needed to go, but it wasn't the case I was on, that's for sure. If I wanted to find out how I got the way that I was now, 
I would need to speak to a couple of ghoulish gents who like to spend time in morgues. In fact, tracking them down might just become a deadly matter. When Marcus Little is on the case, he's lucky if he can turn a mountain into a manageable molehill. Hopefully he can do just that when we return to the adventures of Marcus Little, right after these messages. Hey kids, have you ever had this happen to you? It's the morning, you're hungry, and looking for something fun to do. What you need is a cereal that comes in a bag and features some sort of secret prize inside. And there's only one place to get it. Not from that silly brand X which comes in a box and only has recipes for a treat you have to bake in the oven. No, what you need is Zeros, the cereal with a special prize in every bag. Just look for the giant zero on the bag, which tells you there's nothing in this cereal you or your parents will ever worry about. That's Zeros, the one kids ask for by name. Zeros gives me the energy to play longer than the leading brands. When I wake up before my parents, I rely on a bowl of Zeros to make sure they can sleep through the morning and I can get the vitamins and nutrients I need. When it comes to breakfast in the morning, Zeros is tops in my house. With the toys that come inside of bags of Zeros, I can trade and swap with all my friends to get the entire set. Yes, your kids are already clambering for a cereal that tastes good and entertains them too. With new Zeros fueling them in the morning, you'll see a smile on their faces that will be on yours too when you see how little Zeros will impact your budget. That's Zeros. Ask for it at your local chemist shop or pharmacy. Hello, ABS listeners, and especially those of the female persuasion. And you men in the audience, uh, please listen closely too. We know that we're lucky to have you as listeners to this and other ABS programs, and that's why we'd like you to add Dixon Fontaine's radio game show to your listening schedule, whether you're male or female in the listening audience. On Dixon Fontaine's radio game show, contestants will answer questions and compete for cash and prizes as we test their knowledge of popular culture. But each wrong answer not only reveals your weaknesses, but will cost you a chance to win big on Dixon Fontaine's radio game show. Tune in to hear the excitement and for your chance to become a contestant too. Dixon Fontaine's radio game show. Now for both men and women. The Adventures of Marcus Little features Nate Kelly as Marcus Little and Jessica Norman as Cindy Baumgarten. Featured in the cast were Jill Honstein as Candy Matson, Heather Sadowski as Johnny Thunder, Sean Royal as Mort Linger, Jeff Parks as Itty, Dash Thompson as Barney, Travis Doan as Fred and Ape, Tim Maloney as Parson Sanders, Don and Horace Withers, Emma Pace Jonas as Betty, David the Weatherman Wills as Merlin, and David Little Fyodor Lichtenberg as Greg. Also featured were Jason Ramey, Kelly Taylor, Jessica Ramey, Jesse Sutherland, Bella Ramey, Austin Rich, Stella Starr Schaefer, and William R. Harris. Our music was by Brendan Murray and Matt Orifice, and our script was by A.C. Richards. Your announcer was Fred Weiser. The Adventures of Marcus Little can be heard every week here on ABS, the American Broadcasting System. ABS, it's what's on. This is ABS, the American Broadcasting System. (laughs) Yay.
two of The Adventures of Marcus Little, starring Nate Kelly as our hero, begins shortly with this continuation of our feature story, Tall Tales and Small Rewards. I popped into my office to give Lieutenant Levinson a ring. While it was never a sure thing, tonight proved fruitful, and Levinson mentioned that a pair of human haulers liked to wet their whistle at the old pink dog saloon when the working day was done and occasionally they got a little drunk and heated in their conversations, and would have to be told to mellow out by someone with a badge. It was a long shot, but for some reason this seemed like the right path to take now. So I threw the Chevy into gear and told Itty to hold tight, as we tore our way to the old pink dog saloon. Hey, if you want to start handling the driving, then be my guest. The old Pink Dog Saloon was the kind of place you ended up when you'd already spent an entire evening striking out, and you wanted to see if personal danger might be in the cards for you. Dive probably undersells the qualities the establishment tended to highlight, but it wasn't that the place was filthy, or something that might fall apart itself. Rather, the ambiance of the clientele mixed with the dim lighting and terrible liquor to create a mood that was edgy in a place that was already not well cleaned. It led to some interesting problems for an after-hours joint, so the owners had gotten into the habit of enchanting a door near the entrance. All you had to do was speak the password and the door would open. While I'm not proud, I do tend to keep myself informed about these kind of things. (laughs) Quiet, Eddie. Zuzu's pedals. It also wasn't my first time here. You'd be surprised how many cases cause you to wind up here eventually. But with my unnatural pallor and otherworldly companion, people seem to be staying out of my way. I got myself a bourbon and a ginger ale for Itty, then scanned the bar for two gents I'd seen at the morgue. I just don't understand how you could take that position. Not this again. I thought we were here to have a good time, not talk about some random question of ethics. But it's such a fundamental concept. I would like to know if I'm on the same page as my best friend. If that's the case, why are you the one that always makes fun of me when I answer questions like this? Uh, I just don't see how you don't believe in free will. It's so much more complicated than whether or not I believe in free will. We'd have to have a much longer conversation, defining terms and discussing basic philosophy for days, just so we can both understand each other, so we can have an informed discussion about free will. That just seems boring to me. That sounds like a cop-out from someone who doesn't want to take responsibility for their own actions in the long run. Everything I do and everything I say is my choice. I decided that. There is no force that can make Greg do something he doesn't want to do. And that includes referring to himself in the third person. Just because I don't share your philosophical perspective doesn't mean I don't take responsibility for my own actions. That would be incredibly childish and wouldn't prove anything useful. Look. I want to enjoy my cider and soak in some more music from the 1965 jukebox this place has before I call it a night and dream about catching toads or something. 
Do you know how hard it is to find Spike Jones on a jukebox? <laughs> you really are obsessed with Spike Jones. But someday, we should actually talk about something of substance, you know? <laughs> something that matters. Okay, I'll say this, and then we can move on and talk about the weather or something. It's like Excuse this. Excuse me, can I? Thank you. Yes, what do you? Hey, I know you. You're the guy from the other uh... bar, yes. <clears throat> well, let's not mention that in a place like this. Of, of course. course. Why are you here? Marcus. Marcus. I, I, I was about to say Marcus. I knew you were Marcus. I never forget a corpse. I, I, I mean, face. But why are you here? We, we don't know anything about you or anything. What are you doing? You filled out the paperwork on him. He even told me he was that detective you read about. We don't have time for this. Look, it's obvious what happened to me. We don't need to go into that stuff. How did I get to the morgue? I need to retrace my steps. You don't know? I think even I could figure this one out. Why does everyone insist on talking down to me just because I'm dead? I'm sorry. That was really mean. You seem nice and I'll stop. What do you mean, mean? <laughs> we could have been awful to you, but we weren't. We actually delivered you to the morgue instead of trying to sell you off to some medical student or something even more horrible. <laughs> we get offers. Be thankful we decided not to be really awful. What happened? Look, we are two resourceful gentlemen that fulfill a need in our community. That's all. Uh, we don't ask a lot of questions at work. Uh, certainly not about the big issues. And we're both very good at our jobs. We've been doing this for years. So if my friend Merlin here has set up a system in the van where we could take unfaithful calls and make a little scratch on the side. And if my friend Greg uses his charm and connections to put the word out that we might be free to do this kind of work. And? Are we not making ourselves clear, Greg? You're fine. It's me, I'm sure. Sometimes I, I stutter, and it's hard to follow. I'll, I'll try this. Marcus! Yes? Someone paid us on the DL to haul you away from that hospital, no questions asked, to the morgue, and to forge the paperwork so it didn't look too fishy. They disguised their voices using a whisper on the phone when they called. This happens all the time. We showed up to find your beaten and broken body uh, just inside the door of the hospital that appeared to have been uh, forced open. Do you think that was direct enough? I'm telling you, that's exactly what happened, word for word. And he says you're being square, so I'll consider your words worth this much. We should cover one more round. Well, I like you too, Mr. Ghost. But I don't know if you'll believe me when I say you don't like the name Itty. Let's go. He seems like someone who has no choice in the matter anymore. I don't know. Maybe he has more free will than either of us. After a long conversation that I wasn't sure I quite understood, Itty and I decided we weren't interested in returning to the hospital tonight. Too many bad memories for either of us, 
in light of what the two coroners told us at the old pink dog. <coughs> yes, we can get some Limburger. It was clear that we should return to my office and see if dead people can get a little rest before tackling the problems fresh in the morning. I was about to retreat back into my office when Itty called my attention to an outline, visible through the window of the 24-hour library across the street. It only took a moment for it to register in my mind, and another to make my way to where the outline I saw was, in front of a table where a number of newspapers and a pad of paper were evenly spread out. Oh! Sarah Lund? Why is that thing pointed at my back? Because I don't think I could trust someone who would give me a phony name over the phone. Or in person, but we can't always keep all our details straight now, can we? Cut the small talk. Let's go. My office is just across the street, and the librarians here have a strange policy about wisecracks in the stacks. (laughs) What do you know about jokes? You're a ghost. Come on, let me ask a question or two. So who are you really? Let's just say we're kindred spirits. Though, by the look of it, I'd say you and I are about as different as can be anymore. Recent events have not been so kind to me. So, a gumshoe, huh? Should have figured. I would have guessed from your reputation that you'd have had me pegged sooner. But then again, we all have our off days. Yeah, quit stalling. Who are you if you're not Sarah Lund? You made up that name, not me. I just rolled with the punches so I wouldn't get knocked out. I wasn't sure if you were going to fall for it, but you must have been in the right frame of mind to take a hard luck story and assume it was the case, so I laid it on thick. I think I finally see. If that all tracks the way I think it does... The hospital was just something I made up like a guest bed. I remember jogging past it when I lived in that neighborhood, and how the light was always on seemed like it would work long enough to get you out of the way. (laughs) No, it's even simpler than that. Like a certain blind man, I kept limping closer to the answer, but my own incompetence lies at the center of the story. I don't follow. Your case involved the library. Yes, but I take it you wrap things up already. Simple embezzling, I... Needed a nosy neighbor on a shopping errand until the goose was cooked. I... I'm sorry? No, I would have done the same thing, Itty. I, uh... The library is really considerate. They're letting me hole up there until my office is... Well, it's not interesting. Another case, really. I get it. A better P.I. would have pieced it together by now. Guess it is my time, after all. There's a lot of dead people around these days, and you could... You still haven't answered my question. Oh, yeah. It's Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. I'll see you around. Well, this week's show is just full of surprises. You won't want to miss the exciting conclusion when we return to the adventures of Marcus Little right after these messages. How many times has this happened to you? You're tired, beaten down, you're irritable. Your mental and physical health are suffering. You just wish there was some way that you didn't have to face all the tedious decisions that pop up day after day. What you need, friend, is Mertz. The dietary supplement that helps make up your mind so you don't have to. A daily dose of Merits, the little brain-shaped caplet that contains special decision-making nutrients, will give you all the willpower needed to make decisions for up to 24 hours. 
With a supplement like this, you'll no longer feel lethargic when making decisions at work. You'll have more confidence when picking a restaurant for that big date. And with Mertz as a part of a regular diet and exercise routine, you'll find you are finally the king of your decision-making domain. That's the little brain-shaped caplet available at most druggists. In the vitamin aisle, Mertz helps make up your mind. Take only as directed. Good morning, America. Has the pace of Century City become a little too fast for your taste? You ever want to get away from it all, but you, you still want to keep in touch? Why not subscribe to the Witherstone Gazette, local journalism, the way it was meant to be? We cut to the chase and we give you a story you can't wait to follow. When you open up a fresh copy of the Witherstone Gazette, you can be sure that you're going to find tasteful local journalism conducted by folks who care about our community and focus on stories that are of interest to you. We at the Witherstone Gazette prefer news that's fit to read again and again and will become a source your family can depend on no matter how far from the hustle and the bustle you happen to move. When you find yourself moving further away from the turn-of-the-century paper, instead, turn to the Witherstone Gazette. We put the local in local journalism. The Adventures of Marcus Little features Nate Kelly as Marcus Little and Jessica Norman as Cindy Baumgarten. Featured in the cast were Jill Honstein as Candy Matson, Heather Sadowski as Johnny Thunder, Sean Royal as Mort Linger, Jeff Parks as Itty, Dash Thompson as Barney, Travis Doan as Fred and Ape, Tim Maloney as Parson Sanders, Don and Horace Withers, Emma Pace Jonas as Betty, David the Weatherman Wills as Merlin, and David Little Fyodor Lichtenberg as Greg. Also featured were Jason Ramey, Kelly Taylor, Jessica Ramey, Jesse Sutherland, Bella Ramey, Austin Rich, Stella Starr Schaefer, and William R. Harris. Our music was by Brendan Murray and Matt Orifice, and our script was by A.C. Richards. Your announcer was Fred Weiser. The Adventures of Marcus Little can be heard every week here on ABS, the American Broadcasting System. ABS, it's what's on. This is ABS, the American Broadcasting System. <laughs> Yay. Not in words with... That music must mean that Act 3 of The Adventures of Marcus Little is about to begin. Nate Kelly deftly brings you the stunning conclusion of tonight's story, Tall Tales and Small Rewards. After a few glasses of perspective and ice, and a long conversation with Itty about what to do next, it stood to reason that it was time to wrap things up, for everyone's sake. Itty was starting to sound like a warbled cassette tape that had been overplayed, and I was beginning to see right through him in a way that had nothing to do with what he was saying. I decided to hop into the Chevy and drive back out to Mariner State Hospital, not only to face what was there waiting for both of us, but to find some way of helping Itty get his house back without having to share it with some gang.
I'm not sure yet, but I'll think of something. Somehow it was still night, and I was beginning to experience some of the disorientation that comes with being dead all the time. Namely, time now feels lifeless and difficult to measure. But at the hospital, we noticed a foreboding second floor light was still on. A surefire sign that our friends were still there, and still up to no good. After a short chat with Itty, I decided to force myself to go inside. We walked in through the front door. A trail of blood. My blood led me up to the room where the thugs had been before. And as Itty and I limped towards the room slowly, we could hear them chatting again, as if there was nothing else in the world that they would prefer to be doing. And we had somehow walked in on their story. I just think it's not a good idea. Are you out of your mind? After everything we've been through, you want to give up right now? Can I give up sooner? Just cool your jets. We're doing just fine, all things considered. Just have faith. Here you go with that nonsense again. It's been over a week. The others aren't coming. We should go. And after what happened tonight, there might be a whole other set of people who want us for different reasons. The jig is up. You let one little incident get you all worked up. You need to go out more. We should go down to that that place you like. What's it called? No. Green Finch? I'm leaving tonight. Before it gets to the point where I can't anymore. You really are naive. You leave now, and we're both in trouble. You could say that again. What? How does a haunting fit into your philosophical cosmology? That's it. I'm out of here. But but we killed you. You're, You're dead now. That was supposed to solve the problem. Ghosts aren't real. You can believe whatever you want, bub. But it doesn't mean I don't want to talk to you. But you you're... Angry? You betcha. But it's more of a general kind of anger when you mess up in a huge way and have to clean up the mess that is clearly your fault. But this time, I think I finally know what happened. Well, you'll never catch me. Barney, wait up! I... Well, it was hard to explain to those who were not there. I experienced an incredible sensation when the thug hit the ground outside the hospital. Suddenly, the light that had been on on the second floor began to flicker and Itty began to glow, stronger than he had before. A high-pitched hum began to rise as the room filled with light and heat, and I began to think that perhaps this was my end, too. But then, as I was about to give up, there was a small pop, like a light bulb breaking, and then the show was over. There was a faint afterglow in the shape of Itty that was becoming fainter with every moment. And with that, Itty was gone. The light bulb on the second floor burst, and now, again, the hospital was truly dead. It was sad to see Itty go, especially after everything he'd helped me with. But as he told me before he left, he was really only stuck on our side because those thugs left the lamp on all the time. Once they were gone, he was free to turn the light off, Finally, and the hole to his world opened back up. Turning it back on might bring him back, so I decided to keep the lamp in case I needed his help again. But aside from the lamp, there would be little compensation of value for working on this case. I had just fixed myself a glass of something brown when the door to my office opened, and I looked up nervously. 
I was completely surprised by who I saw come in. I want to linger too long, as it might blow our... I just need a few things, and I'm... Oh! Hi, kid. You... That means... And... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hey, now. It's okay, Sin. I'm here. You're here. We... Oh, Marcus, what happened? Hey, I'm no worse for wear. Just a little... You know. He's dead, Cindy. Like I said, might... Might what, Miss Lund? Though at this point, I seriously doubt anything you said on the phone was actually true. But I had to protect... Protect? I became tomorrow's worm feed, sent out on a series of snipe hunts, each more deadly than the last. And then, after all is said and done, I come to find out that Cindy's mixed up in something I can't help her with. You never needed to help me. Don't be mad, Mark. She knew the right thing to do. By killing me? I had nothing to do with that. I just needed you to get out of the office for the day. I could see what was coming, sort of. I could... Wait. See what was coming. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... You really can see things in your mind. Ever since I was a little girl, and... What's your real name? Or would I be able to guess it if I knew you were a gumshoe, too? You're better than I thought. Ironically, better now that I'm no longer here. So what is it? Fletcher? Mars? Drew? Matson. We're going to keep this business going. Us. Two. Together. I hope you understand. I do. She tells you that your life is in danger, that she wants to protect you, and she's right. My number was up, and she could tell. No reason losing you, too. Don't worry, Marcus. Cindy's a good PI herself, but I imagine you already knew that. Guilty as charged. What are you going to do now? You know I'm not one for thinking about the long term. Why don't you get to your place so you can catch some Z's before Miss Matson needs you down at the office? As a full partner, you'll have a lot more work on your plate. That's very big of you. Really? After all of that? Goodbye, Marcus Little. Yeah, goodbye. And with that, Cindy left. And with her, another person that proved that perhaps my methods were not as sound as they once were. And that it was time for me to move on, anyway. The dead man you hear before you sat at his own desk and reflected upon the day he died. And from the moment it began, it had not gone anything like he might have predicted it would play out. Cindy was careful to grab only her things, and as she packed them into a box, Ms. Matson and I gabbed about the profession and how it had changed over the years. Part of me was angry for not realizing that she and Johnny were actually different people at first. Part of me realized that I didn't have time to get mad about stuff like that anymore. There wasn't anyone left to listen to me complain anyway. But that doesn't mean that we don't keep trying to piece it all together. To make sense of it in some way that will provide meaning to anyone who cares to look at it very closely. Part of me knows that there was never any point to begin with. That the reason I took this job was that I enjoyed the hunt, the search, the attempt to find some meaning in spite of the fact that all clues were actually pointing to the opposite. It was just so much more exciting to think that if we look at it all long enough, we'll be able to see the forest for the trees and not use some horrible cliché to summarize it all when you try to tell people what you've deduced. Still, I had to consider something else that was on my mind. I hadn't gone anywhere. No bright light opened up and swallowed me. No force from beyond set my soul to rest. In fact, I feel more conflicted and confused, knowing it's possible for some to find rest and it just isn't in the cards for me. While it doesn't seem to affect me in a number of ways, there are certainly drawbacks to still being around and 
being dead. Perhaps I'll be able to continue working, too. A dead detective is certainly better than one that can't be trusted, right? I leaned back in my chair and watched the moon set as the next day began to set itself for a return engagement to our world. I should be exhausted and sleepy and ready to pass out for days on end, dreaming of a better world. But sleep was the last thing I could even get my mind to focus on. To me, there were new problems to be solved. How to pay rent, how to keep the car gassed up, and if I can even legally work in Century City without a new special license. But those were worries for another day. As the moon set distantly on the horizon, and as a new source of light illuminated the tree line, I wondered if I could just wrap things up here, if somehow this could be an end of my story, that I would no longer be doomed to repeat those events, taking cases, solving them, reflecting on them, that somehow I could lean back in my chair, taking the scenery and close my eyes, and this whole world and everything in it would disappear, and I would get my chance to finally rest. What are the chances that any of us will actually ever get that option, realistically? And that concludes this episode of tonight's program. Please stay tuned for a special statement by the star of our program, Mr. Nate Kelly. Thank you, Fred. You know, playing Marcus Little has been a dream come true. As someone who grew up listening to these programs as a child, and who loved hearing the voices of Cherry Roberts, Pat Nickel, Dean Martin, Sidney Strangeheist, and finally Martin Hyde, portray the very singular character of Marcus Little, I reflected on my time reading the novels of his adventures, wondering if I would ever get the chance to put my spin on this unforgettable character. And for the past six years, that dream has finally come true. After nearly 45 years on air, ABS has decided to finally let Marcus hang up his coat and move on to bigger and stranger things, and this will be the last installment of his seemingly endless adventures. But fans of Mr. Little's big adventures shouldn't worry too much. In fact, you'll be able to check in with him from time to time right here on ABS, as he and Itty will be hosting Macabre Morsels, an anthology program where we present our favorite suspense stories every Saturday night. Sometimes strange, wicked, or just downright eerie. Leave it to Macabre Morsels to give you an auditory feast you'll never forget. Now hosted by the dead detective Marcus Little and his ghostly friend Itty. Tune in, won't you? As for me, Nate Kelly can still be heard daily on the radio soap, Pieces of My Life, where I play the scrappy mailman, Jim Newton. But more importantly, please keep listening to ABS, where our stories pack a wild punch. The Adventures of Marcus Little features Nate Kelly as Marcus Little and Jessica Norman as Cindy Baumgarten. Featured in the cast were Jill Honestein as Candy Matson, Heather Sadowski as Johnny Thunder, Sean Royal as Mort Linger, Jeff Parks as Itty, Dash Thompson as Barney, Travis Doan as Fred and Ape, 
Tim Maloney as Parson Sanders, Dawn and Horace Withers, Emma Pace Jonas as Betty, David the Weatherman Wills as Merlin, and David Little Fyodor Lichtenberg as Greg. Also featured were Jason Ramey, Kelly Taylor, Jessica Ramey, Jesse Sutherland, Bella Ramey, Austin Rich, Stella Starr Schaefer, and William R. Harris. Our music was by Brendan Murray and Matt Orifice, and our script was by A.C. Richards. Your announcer was Fred Weiser. You are listening to ABS, the American Broadcasting System. ABS, it's what's on. This is ABS, the American Broadcasting System. It's 11.59 Standard Time. We know that you have many entertainment options, and when you decide to make ABS that resource in your life, we notice. ABS staff are working round the clock to remain relevant in your lives, and we are constantly working to improve the nature of our programming so it is better in tune with you and your needs as a radio listener. We here at ABS would love to know what you think. Please give us a call at 606 606- 0842. That's 606-0842. And please let us know what you want to hear from the station you grew up with. And now, the American Broadcasting System will sign off for the remainder of the broadcast week. Thank you for listening to ABS. It's What's On. <laughs> Yay. Well, there you go. Part two, the finale of The Adventures of Marcus Little. Tall Tales and Small Rewards. It was written by, written and directed by Austin Rich, and with music by Brendan Murray, Emma Pace, Jonas, and Matt Orfus. And many, many, many actors, uh, Travis Stone, William R. Harris, Joel Holmstein, Emma Pace Jonas, Little Fjordor, Tim Maloney, Jeff Parks, Annabella Ramey, Jason Ramey, Jessica Ramey, Sean Royal, Stella Star Schaefer, Jesse Sutherland, Kelly Taylor, Dash Thompson, David the Weatherman Wills, and Heather Zajowski. <laughs> I hope I didn't uh, um, say that wrong. Anyways, uh, hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, we might replay this in the future. And I uh, really want to thank Austin Rich for... Uh, sending this my way uh it's very very cool i'm really hoping he does more well this is the end of show next week we're going to have tons and tons of music for you uh handpicked handpicked by me and if you'd like to come back next week please do uh this is tuna ken jones top dollar hour thank you Thank you.